0: Hello, this is Product Tuesdays, welcome. If you are involved in the Product Development Lifecycle, Product Tuesdays is the right community for you. Join professionals such as Product Managers, Product Designers, Data Analysts, Software Developers, Group Managers, Product Marketers and others that are involved in the Product Development process. Follow us on our social media pages at Product Tuesdays and click the link in the bio to learn more. This episode you're about to listen to is a recorded live tutor space that takes place every Tuesday by 6 p.m. West African time. Conversation is tied my career as a product manager.
1: Yeah, so we'll just get back to it right now. Alright. So we'll we'll be introducing our speakers right now. Um welcoming an amazing speakers lined up for today. Um first of all, we'll be I'll be introducing Adiola Ademi. Um, Adiola Ademi is an amazing product manager. Adiola is based in Lagos. Um, she has a background in economics and as a skilled product manager, she has led agile teams in building amazing products in the fintech space. Adiola has worked with Global Accelerates, uh, Corsava Technologies, and most recently, Adiola works with MCOPA. Uh, She's passionate about people, products, and data. Adela has been described as being brainy, smart, and with diverse skills by her colleagues. When Adela is in building products, she runs the Ebenezer Experience, which happens to be an event company, helping clients with planning and running events. She also enjoys teaching and volunteering for courses that have to do with children, economic empowerment, education, health, human rights, and also politics, um, also, on our speaker lineup today, we have Deborah Ogama. Uh, Deborah, or uh, should I say, as she's uh, preferred to be called, Debbie by close friends. Uh, Debbie is passionate about building usable products that impact lives. Debbie has a background in mass communication. Um, she has worked as a news reporter, project manager. And also, product manager right now. She's been a product manager for over four years now. Uh, Debbie, uh, Debbie has worked with Dark Communications, Traverse Solutions, Think First, Lender Square, Means Digital, and currently she works with Number, formerly known as Kudi. Deborah is described as smart, enthusiastic, and a great team player. She's a very detailed planner and resourceful product manager. When Debbie isn't uh, building products now, Debbie is also killing it on the dance floor. She's um, she's an amazing person, and she is passionate about building communities as well as helping others with their career paths. So if you're joining us right now, this is Product Tuesdays. Uh, product Tuesdays is a growing community of professionals that are involved in the product development process. Uh, product managers, product designers, data analysts, data scientists, and every person that is involved in that process, the list is endless. If you're in one word or the other involved in the product development lifecycle, then click the link in the bio at Product Tuesdays to follow the community there. There's a link in the bio right there for you to join it as well. So at this moment, I would like to bring the speakers up to share the journey before we start the Q&A session. And before I do that, I also want to, once again, make a shout out to my co-host, Tobik Chuku otoki Product Manager, Data Scientist, also referred to as the Data god himself. Toby, would you like to just say hello to the listeners today?
2: Hi, guys. Um, it's great to be here. Um I'm so looking forward to hearing from our speakers for today and I hope everyone is as well. So I hope we will learn anything or two. I know there are some senior men and women on the call. Bear with us. You know, we're getting there. So thank you guys. Um we are looking forward to the QA sessions. Yeah.
1: All right, all right, all right. Thanks, Toby. Um at this point I would just like to uh bring up now, Adiola to share with us our journey to becoming a product manager. Hi, Adela. Okay, hold on, hold on. Okay, um, Adiola, I just been getting now. We'll just bring Adela up now to as a speaker.
3: Hello. Hi, everyone. Imano, can you hear me?
1: Yes, I can. Welcome, Adiola. Thanks for joining us.
3: Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Do I go ahead with the introduction now?
1: Yes, please. We would love to hear about how you became a product manager.
3: All right. Cool. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining um, my background is a bit interesting so i'm trying going to try to um, elaborate from as far back as high school so that i can lay some context and to also share not everyone's path is um the same way or it is straight um so in high school i was actually a science student so the whole physics chemistry and all of that. And I wanted to become a pediatrician um, because of my love for children. And I thought that the way to channel that would be to become a doctor for children. Um, But I hated chemistry and physics. I did pretty well in biology, but I didn't like chemistry and physics. Um, And I remember my work result actually showed that even more. So I, I passed all of the subjects except those two. Um, so it was time to pretty much make a decision. Um, I knew in between like senior high school that I wasn't really doing well in those subjects, but um, I happened to be in a place where I couldn't just change my mind. Um, and I'm sure if you went to uh, a secondary school in Nigeria, you definitely get what I mean. So yeah. Um, After high school, um, I had a conversation with my dad about going to sixth form, so basically like an A-level school in Lagos. I ended up going to Oxbridge, um, and I switched subjects. So I did pretty well in economics and math, and like my general best subject uh, is math. So I thought, you know, economics may be an easy one. I didn't like it per se, but I just thought, what else could I switch to? Um, so I chose that. Um, and sixth form school lasts for about a year. So I remember being there and just wanting to learn, wanting to do better than what my work result had, what my work result was. Um, And one of the things that really motivated me, apart from like my personal motivation, is that I had a great economics teacher at um, Oxbridge, wonderful woman. Like she just knew how to break things down. And so it made learning a lot easier for me as well. Um, I ended up graduating from sixth form school with one of the best results at the school and also got a scholarship to go to the University of Leeds. Um, in the UK to study economics. So yeah, um, went to school, studied economics. Towards the end of my final year, um, I started developing like a passion for numbers. So if you remember, I said I really liked math, but this time around, because I worked on a research project that had to do with like doing a lot of research to find out what numbers affected a certain thing and how data was so important. And around that time, data analytics was becoming like really popular. Um, So I started to do like some self-study on it. I started to do, um, just learn basic stuff on YouTube or learn like really simple courses. I would learn like a lot of things in Excel, Um, started to learn Python myself as well. And then I moved back to Nigeria Um, and I got an opportunity to work with a firm called Global Xterx as the company's first data analyst. And at the time, that was what I really, really, really wanted to do. So I enjoyed it. Um, About a year and a half in, uh, my job as a data there was to basically look at the numbers for the company in terms of... How we were doing as a business. So, Global XRX at the time just had POSs um, nationwide. And we wanted to see, like, on a volume and value basis, how much are we getting in, like, in terms of transactions? Are customers happy? Um, how can we, you know, get feedback to them really quickly in terms of, like, uh, the contact center? Um, and things like that. So I was mostly looking at numbers a lot for like a year and a half. And then I got very bored because I thought that the job became very monotonous. Um, and I remember we had an open up policy at the company and I was having a chat with the MD of the company at the time. And I remember just saying to him, I'm really bored of what I'm doing now and I would like to try something else. Like, I really like this company um, and I'd really like to do something else. So at the time, he had a discussion with me about wanting to start a product unit. I hadn't really heard about product management at the time. So he told me to just go do research and see if it was something that I was interested in. And he also said that I... I sort of had the skills that were required. I just needed to continue to learn. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty much how I got into product management. A lot of self-study. We had a uh, another product manager who was hired at the time, um, just newly, as the product team was being um, set up. So I could learn a bit from her and also learn a lot from, like, live projects that I was assigned um, So, yeah, that was pretty much how I became a product manager. This was around 2018, and I've been doing that same thing consistently for about four, five years now. Um, And this is probably the thing that I've stuck with the most. Um, And if you've listened to everything I've said, you've seen that this is probably the thing that I haven't really changed. And I really, really enjoy product discovery I enjoy product delivery I enjoy field research I enjoy actually the process of speaking to engineers and figuring out what technology is the best to use um, figure out how we're solving the problem for the customers um, and yeah I really I really really enjoy it um, yeah over to you Iman.
1: Thanks, Adiola. It's um, quite an insight um, getting to know your background and where you started out from. Um, before we get to, I really like to have questions for you, but before we get to that part where we start to talk about some of these things, that some of the questions I've even heard, um, other people. Um, Aspiring PMs, new PMs, still being a product manager and starting out. I would love um, Deborah as well to just come up right now and, and and also share experience. But before she does that, I would like to just say one or two things about Deborah. Um, okay, right now, um, Deborah, should I... See, Debbie, as she's popularly known at the workplace and all of that, is passionate about building usable product and impact lives. Uh, Deborah has a background in mass communication and has worked as a, as a project manager. And she has been a product manager for over four years now, um, been work, working for companies, EverSearch Solutions, Think ThinkFirst, Square mint digital bank and now she works with the number formerly known as kudi uh debbie is described or has been described by our colleague as being smart enthusiastic and a great team player she's a very detailed planner and resourceful product manager uh when debbie isn't building product. Uh, the fun side of her is that she's on the dance floor, and I hope Debbie will forgive me for throwing her out there. Uh, she's also keen on building communities and helping others with their careers, as, as both on our team and as product managers that she's also having to work with. So, Debbie, welcome to Product Tuesdays. Um, it's it's great. Thanks for accepting our invite. Thank you for joining us. Um, we would love to hear about your amazing journey to become a product manager. I was shocked when I saw your background in some a while back when we met that you started out with your background from mass communication and you now you're building products for a fintech company. Debbie, over to you.
4: Yeah, it's been, I've been the product manager for about four years now, and it's been an exciting journey in recent years. Um, I'm currently the product manager for credit and savings at Number, formerly known as Kudi, and my journey as a product manager is, is, is quite an interesting one, really. So, now how did I get into product management? Well, my story is quite a funny one. And unlike on, on Agela that likes math, I did not like math at all. Uh, probably that's for you know, art courses um, like mass communication. So, yeah, I studied mass communication at the University of Benin. And um, when I left school, when I graduated, I really wanted to stay in the media. I mean, I enjoyed the drive to stay in in the media came from the love I had during my internship. And thank God for internship because it really exposed me to, you know, real life work experience. And so I did my internship at Dark communications, Abuja, that's A-I-T. And yeah, I love speaking with people. I don't know where that where that um, drive came from because I see myself as a shy person, as a reserved person. But when I'm out there in front of or behind the mic, I enjoyed it most. As most times, I found myself even staying back beyond the normal closing time just to learn one or two things from the reporters, from the newscasters. You know, for me, I was like, you know what? I'm going to work at CND and I'm going to be this famous, you know, presenter, you know, broadcasting live from CNN studio. And then I came to Lagos due to NYC. So NYC, I got posted to Lagos and I was still looking for that media job to be sent here. I was still, I was like, okay, um, since I can't set up um, at Abuja, I would come to Lagos and I'll look for you know, the best media studio and just work with them. And then my sister was like, eh, <laughs> media people that don't used to make money, like, no, 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 you're going to look for. A good job that will pay you well, and I was like, no, I really want to do media. I enjoy media. I enjoy broadcasting. And she was like, no, um, I really want you to build a career. That for her, media was not it at all, and media was more like you just want to come here and of find Lagos. You need to find a job that will pay you well, and then I found myself in project management so basically started my career journey in project management that's where I started working with Trivasa um, IT solutions I was there for about two years and yeah I think I still enjoyed project management regardless probably because the money was coming in or probably like I, I like it was just like uh, enjoyable for me then and I continued in that path for about two years plus. And um, I decided to, I wanted a change of environment. And I was speaking with a friend who is a product manager. And I was like, oh, there's an opening at this, at this company. Do I want to apply? So I thought project management was product management. I was so naive then. And I was like, oh, yeah, I think I would just give it a shot. And I applied for the product management position at Workforce Group. I didn't know that product management was actually different. different. I thought products and projects, I was like, they all have management at the end of it, so it should be the same. And that was the mindset I had until I became on on my first product and that was when it actually hit me that this is not it at all. This is not this is not what I was thinking. And even though sometimes these roles might seem intertwined depending on the organization anyway, there is still a clear difference between both roles. And so I was like, okay, um, okay, this is pretty new, but I know I'm going to do my best. And um, I quickly had to learn on the job thanks to my first product team. I learned on the job. um, And while I was reading books to fully understand the concepts of product management I can say that most of the product skills and knowledge I have today were as a result of being hands-on and the willingness to learn on the job. So, yeah, so that was, so that's pretty much my, my story. I tell people that I literally just stumbled into product management, but it's one decision that I'm actually grateful for. And it's been an it's been an interesting and exciting journey so far. So yeah, so that's my story.
1: Amazing one, amazing one. Um I, I I've been looking forward to I know I've been asked you personally about the backstory, but now I know, I know. Uh thank you. <laughs> thank you, Deborah, for, for sharing with us. Um for all those listening to us right now this is product tuesdays it's a growing community of professionals that are involved in product development process these are product managers designers data analysts data scientists growth managers product marketers operations managers software developers the list goes on if you're involved one way or the other in the product development life then click the link in the bio at product tuesdays and join the community Go to the Twitter page right now at Product Tuesdays and click that link in the bio. You can find Product Tuesdays also on all social media platforms at Product Tuesdays, right? So, um, also for everyone listening, I'm sure you're already getting some one or two insights, right, about some of um, just them sharing their journey. And I, and I know that you want others to also be part of this. So, I would love us to just. Whatever device you're using right now, go there right now, click on the share button right now and share this and use the hashtag product Tuesdays, right? So that we can also engage and retweet also for my end and track the conversations. Whatever device you're using right now, click at Product Tuesdays and follow on Twitter and also share the space so that people can join. Share your DMs as well for people you know that would love to learn one or two things. Okay. So at this moment right now, um, we have a couple of questions already. But before we... Open it up and start bringing people on stage to ask our uh, uh, speakers a couple of questions and some of the things that you want to understand if you're an aspiring product manager, if you're already a current product manager and you just resonate with the story and you feel like you want to know how did you handle this part or that part, um, transitioning and all of that, definitely we're going to open it up very soon. Um, right now, I would just want to ask... Adela, right now, about what's that one challenging time as a product manager that you faced, like that one project or that one situation that you faced, and how did you get out of it? I'm sure there are many, product managers always have plenty right now, but what's that one challenging one that you can never forget? And then talk about, talk us through how you, you manage this situation and all of that.
3: Thanks, Emmanuel. That's a really good question. Um, I think that this is probably something that new product managers may struggle with. And I personally had an issue trying to figure it out when I first started, and it was stakeholder management. Um, So basically, before you build a product, you have to identify who the important stakeholders are. Internally and externally. So internally, it could, be, um, it could be the directors at the company. It obviously is your immediate team. So the engineers, um, the QA team, the designer. Uh, but you also have some other people within the company that need to know when things are being done. So for example, if there are any legal um issues surrounding it or any legal frameworks, then you need to bring in the legal team. You need to have the operations team know so that they can also work on, um, you know, tools that they will use in engaging the different customers whenever this product goes live. Um, and then externally, you have, like, stakeholders that you're working with. So if it's not uh, a product that is for your company and maybe you're working with another company to build a solution for them, um, then you also need to keep them updated. So this is what we're doing in this spring, or so in this week. Um, if you have any issues, you have to be able to share um, within the time limits. Don't, don't um, keep issues to yourself. I think that that was one of the things that I really struggled with. So in the beginning, I had to work with some product owners at one of, I guess, Nigeria's most important institution at the, at this moment, and that's NIBS. Um, my friends who are probably on this space know the product I'm talking about. So <laughs> they, they definitely know um, how much this really affected me. So you, sometimes you find that some stakeholders Uh, sound a bit too tough but it's because they really just want feedback on what's going on or want to be updated on whatever issue it is that you've informed them about and how you're going to go about it um so it's important to always send them like an update like is that updates frequently at least a couple times a week um you could even call them to update them about the process don't just make sure you're not too silent on all of the things going on if for some reason your deadlines shift you also need to update them as well because they're working on a strict timeline to enable this product go into the market so if something happens that is not open to them at the moment you need to let them know and you need to learn how to take corrections Um, And sometimes those corrections will not come in a construction, um, especially from a stakeholder that's very angry. (laughs) Um, You just need to learn to see, basically sieve the weed and then look for the important stuff in there. So if they're yelling about something, what's important that they're saying and how can you go about it? There's actually a framework for um, stakeholder engagement. I'm gonna try to remember it um, as we speak. I think it's called the RAC, RACI or RACI or something like that. But it basically is a group of stakeholders that you should hold responsible. So they're stakeholders that are responsible for something or accountable for something. Or C is consulted, I is informed. There are some stakeholders that you should just inform that, oh, we're making a change to this design because X, Y, and Z. Um, There are some stakeholders that you need to let them know everything that's going on with the project. But as long as you're continually updating everybody, then um, it will go smoothly. I think that's one of the things that I I really struggled with in the beginning, but I'm a lot better at now.
1: Thanks, Adiola. Um, What you just touched on is almost every like the, what I've heard in time passes. Like almost every product manager's nightmare trying to okay. balance between internal stakeholders and external stakeholders, depending on when you have um, maybe you're working on a B two C or a B two B approach or whatever type of product you're working on. So it's it's okay. amazing. I, I, I thank you for that. But to, to just piggyback on that same question, right? Um, how, when dealing with, I'm sure you while at um, Global accelerator having to deal with all these clients and all of that when dealing with external external stakeholders what will you see is one thing that seems always to bail you out, you know there are times when you feel like it's something that you do consistently and it helps I know you already mentioned always keeping um, them abreast of The the updates like what's happening and all of that was that one thing that you also try as much as possible to do to make sure that um, you always have that relationship going with the external stakeholders. Um,
3: I think the main thing is communication um, because they really want to know what's going on. But then I think another thing is maybe just going out of your way to. learn a bit more about the person outside of work. I I found that that has worked for me. So what I mean by that is, and I mean, this happened when I started off, we were still, you know, going to the office daily. So there was no remote work or anything like that. So I would find a way to either go to their office to have personal conversations with them or like invite them out to have coffee or something. So, when they're a little bit more relaxed, they're not talking about work anymore. And you can try to like get to know them personally, um, and then speak to them. It's almost like you're you're doing a one-on-one, very similar to how you meet a friend. Um, if it's if it happens in like a remote structure now, you can also replicate the same thing, maybe on Google Meet, like have a virtual meeting, and then just explain. What's going on? Get to to know them or get to know what they like. Um, I find that salespeople use this strategy as well. So you'd find that if a salesperson wants to get a target, you find that they're sending things to this person's office, um, which is not about work, right? They could send like a bottle of wine or send some chocolates or buy them a watch. Those kind of things because you've gone out of your way to find out what the person likes, the person, if, you know, they're passionate about getting this thing out as well, you find that most of them will calm down a little bit and then try to understand, you know, what is really going on. And then somehow it betters the relationship, the working relationship that you guys have. So I've found that, that that could be quite useful.
1: Okay, thank you so much, Adiola. Um, okay, Thank you so much for helping Adiola. There, she already posted, and we have it. Um, the model that Adiola was referencing at that time. So before I, there's another question on my mind right now to ask you. But before I do that, for everyone listening to us right now, um, you definitely want to share some of these things that we're hearing with other colleagues or other. To people working in products that could learn one or two things or the other. So, right now, I would love each and everyone that's on this space to click that share button in this space and use the hashtag product these days to share this with their followers. You can send this to this space via DM to people you feel that would would love to be part of this space and would love to learn as well. So, use the hashtag at Product Tuesdays, also on Twitter at Product Tuesdays, and on all social media platforms at Product Tuesdays. Okay, so um, I would love to, before I go to Debbie, like there's one thing I would love to ask Debbie first, which I know she probably has an idea of, but one thing I would like to get from you is, you mentioned along the line around some of the things that helped you, right? But I would like to get... One thing I've heard product people talk uh, talk in the sense about tools of engagement. I'm always hearing questions about, oh, what tools can I use? What tools are you using? Uh, you know, and that's something that seems to be a constant thing I hear every time. Was that an issue for you when you started out, or was it something that you found your way around? And what would you advise for any aspiring PM or for any product person that is always bugged by um, choosing a particular tool to use for the team or for whatever project they're working on?
3: Uh, that's a good
1: question as well.
3: Um, in my experience, tools are or have been chosen by... Um, pr- I guess prior to me joining the company, because, I mean, depending on uh, what company it is and how big their product team is, you would normally get in and find that they use a common tool for X. So, for example, um, you could get into a company and you find that the common tool for like communication, communication across board is probably like Microsoft Teams or Slack for example. Um, I think that maybe the ones that PM struggle with a little bit is the one for tasks. Um, And I guess you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, So I find that there's usually like a push and pull. Should we use Jira? Some founders don't like Jira. Or should we use like some non-conventional tools um, that you can you can assign tasks and stuff but you can't really track what's going on i find that most companies now use jira at mcopa we use something completely different we use devazure um and it, i mean joining mcopa that was quite new for me because i'd come from three to four companies where you know i was so used to using either slack or jira um, for communication and then for assigning tasks. I think the way to go about it is speak with your product team, um, see which they're more comfortable with. I find that most people are already used to one or more of these tools anyway. So making the decision will probably just be around, okay, how does this tool benefit us? What are we going to be using it for How do we track progress? Things like that. So if you have your tasks on JIRA and you have a two-week sprint and you have blocks or different tiles that uh, describe your tasks, so one is in to-do, one is in in progress, and then it moves all the way to done, right? Internally, you guys can determine what those different statuses should be. Um, But in choosing the tool itself, you you just have to make use of something that's useful for the entire team because you don't want one person carrying the baggage of other people. And then maybe a developer doesn't like it as much or hasn't used it at all and is used to another tool. And So maybe the PM or the QA has to then do the job of assigning tasks to them or moving their tasks and so on and so forth. And in the past, I've also worked with people who, I mean, in a group, we all really liked Jira and we were working with it. But there was this one particular person who, I mean, assigned the task to him. That's fine. He will never move it. (laughs) Um, So you'd have to adopt with cases like that where i don't know you could either figure out how to discuss with the person's engineering manager because he was a developer in this case um and then really just share with them how important it is for everyone to do what they're supposed to do so yeah i hope i answer that question
1: Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Task management tools are always a question at the table, and then you know how you have engineers that are like would rather just want you to do your stand up and then stand up to cover for everything and all of that. So yes, you did touch on it. Uh, thank you for that, uh, Debbie. Um, you have an interesting journey that I would love to touch on. The switch, right? Based on your story, you had this transition from. Um, from being someone who was all about becoming that next um, newscast to the world and all of that or, or reporter and then you switched and all of that. Two things. First off, I would love you to talk about it, the trans- transition phase for you. What was it like for you? Just go like give us an idea of what it was like for you. And what were the things that you learned from that experience that when you look back now, you feel that you want to share with other peers? Hmm.
4: Interesting question, Emmanuel. Um, okay, so transitioning was not easy. Trust me. Um, it wasn't easy at all. Like I had, my, I had moments where I would literally come on crying because I thought I'd messed up. Not I thought, I actually messed up. So it was it was not it was not an easy one for me, given that I didn't even have prior knowledge of what the industry, what the role entailed. Um Anyway, moving from project to products. so moving from, okay, the dream, no, the transition of my dream from um, into being a media person to projects and now to products. Um, when I started off in my project management journey, I had... I had a, a line manager and the good thing. So the good thing about transitioning is that at every phase I had good managers that were not only patient with me, but they were interested in my growth. So starting from the project management space, um, I had the manager who I was working with. So I was shadowing period of time and I was literally learning on the job. So I asked a lot of questions. I had to because I was a complete novice in that space. So I, I continued asking both the seemingly foolish questions and, you know, the ones that didn't seem foolish. I sure asked questions. And while I was doing that, I was observing. So I observed it a lot. I watched how my line manager then how she went about you know projects managing how she spoke with clients how she even you know came up with status reports that would be shared to both external and internal um, stakeholders um I I shall, I watched everything about you know my line manager asking questions picking up tasks i was very i was very curious because i don't like being in a position where i don't know certain things that is required of me so i would ask questions and i would take up courses as well so i took up courses to Understand um, the code of projects management. Then I took up. Um, I met with other. I made friends with projects managers you know, who were already advanced in that space, and you know, asked them questions about how they navigate, how they navigated certain certain situations and challenges that they faced on the job. Um, I, I, I read books, um, I was opportune to, so while I was project managing, we had consultants who, um, who we normally bring into the country to to train it for our clients then. And I, I, I became friends with them. I'm even still friends with them because I just wanted to be. I just wanted to know what, I I got interested in what they were doing and I wanted to be able to pick one or two skills from them as well. And, you know, I got books because they knew knew I was still new in the space. No pun intended. They knew I was quite new in the space and um, they got me project management books, which I read. And, yeah, I was able to learn one or two things, you know, while on the job. So to answer the question, Emmanuel, I observed. That was one thing I knew I did very well. I could just sit and just observe how you're doing, how you're working and executing your job. I asked questions. I was not trying to ask questions. I read. I read books in that would that I could pick one or two skills and knowledge from. Um, I I asked questions I asked people questions. I made I asked I made friends with people that were already in that space. And when I decided to move or when I moved, then I it decided because I literally stumbled into product management. When I stumbled into product management, it was almost the same thing as well. Um, I was able to, well, thank God for my project management skills because I was able to, they they found that useful, or I found it useful on the job when I started. And even though it's quite different, project is quite different from products because when you are product managing, you are you are working closely with engineers, which I never really did as a project manager then. And to even add to the question, or even pick up on the question that you asked Angela, like this or the skill that 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 she found challenging, you know, she had to own. As um, in a journey. Mine was working with engineers and that was one thing I struggled with for a very long time. I was, I asked, so I, 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 I never really worked with engineers closely and being a complete novice in that space, um, it was quite difficult. So one of the scenarios would be when you assign tasks, to engineers and you and they expect you to actually try to, you know, pet them or ca- not cajole them, but, see, but pamper them to do their job. I, I think you're like, why do I have to do this for you? We are both employed to do this job. Why do I have to, you know, pamper you and, you know, rub your back to actually get you to do your job? So, that was one thing I I, I I just didn't understand. But then I learned that you actually lead, um, you lead by influencing your people, not necessarily directing per se, but engineers like to, like you need to build that influence to actually lead your product team. And that was, I had to discover that on the job. So transitioning into product management, I had, to, I had to learn a lot. I had to read books and some of the books that helped me um, during that phase, you no know, books like Hooks and even product books, articles on Product School. I fell in love with Product School. Product School then was like my best friend then because they had lots of free articles that you could actually go and actually pick one or two things from. So it was a combination of learning on the job, feeling forward, um, asking lots of questions, um, being part of the community. I had to. I found myself looking for communities to actually be part of because I wanted to know if what I was facing on my um, on my as a product manager was unique to me or there were product managers also going through the same thing. So I joined communities. I made friends with people within that community. And it was interesting to know that really I was not the only one. I'm, I, I'm not the only one going through this. There are other people also facing the same challenges as I faced on my job. And, yeah, the openness and the willingness to learn and the journey. Fast forward to this day, you no. Know, the decision to stay in product management, I realized that it was the right one for me. Even though the dream of being a broadcaster was, was, was my initial dream. um, Looking back now, it's hard to imagine how my career would have developed if I had not remained on the product manager track. And, to also add to that, right, it's while I was learning and picking one or two skills from both reading, researching, reading questions, and learning on the job. There were times I actually felt like, you know what, this product management is not for me. There were times I was like, okay, you know what, I, I think I should even try front end. I even, at some point, I, I had to just pause as a product manager at some point. And I was learning front end development, and <laughs> I was like, no, 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 I think I will just go back to my product management role. And I realized I, during that phase, I kept asking myself, why do I want to be a product manager? Why do I want to remain as a product manager? I, I asked, so I had to know. My why. I had to define what my why was, and when I found that, when I understood why I wanted to remain as a product manager, um, that till now still keeps is the drive for me. is the reason why I wake up every morning to still get my laptop and to as as in to do my job, despite the challenges, despite the orders, despite the frustrations. Really. Um, knowing your why is very, very important. And when I was able to figure out my why, um, yeah, that's what is still keeping me going to date. So, in summary, right, um, transitioning was not easy. And how did I navigate that waters? I was able to ask questions, learn on the job, openness to learn, openness to ask questions. Like some people find it difficult to ask questions because they don't want to look naive or they don't want to look foolish. But trust me, it's important to ask questions, even though you don't want to ask openly. have that one person you can always go to to pull your questions on. And yeah, you'll be fine, trust me, for, for, for newbies, for for transitioning or people that want to transition into the product managers, you'll definitely be fine if you have the willingness to learn on the job and ask as much questions as you can.
1: Thank you, Deborah. Thank you so much for that insightful response. Uh, you covered a lot of ground with that response. Um, I think one of the questions I was even going to ask you, you already touched on it. But one of the things that seems like a confusion most times when we're talking about project manager and product manager seems to be like an issue. Before you respond to that question, I would just want to reach out to everybody on the space right now. If you're listening to us, if you're enjoying the question. Do follow us at Product Tuesdays, and then share this link in your DMs and on your pages to people that you know that would be interested in listening. In this space is going to run up till another uh, till seven thirty. So, what space, I uh, will be bringing up um, people now uh, to also ask questions. But one of the things that I would love us to do is two things. In order for you not to forget what you want to ask and please just use the hashtag at Product Tuesdays, follow at at Product Tuesdays rather, and use the hashtag Product Tuesdays to ask your questions, right? And once you use the hashtag, we can pin that hashtag on this space so that we can respond to all those questions. Um, At the same time, we'll bring up people on the space, but just in case um, we don't cover everybody, right? We would love to allow everybody to use that hashtag hashtag Product Tuesdays so that we can answer and pick and and most likely even merge questions together so we can do everything within the time frame that we have. So over to you, Debbie, what would you say in just two minutes or or so, what would you say is the major difference between a project manager and a product manager? Um,
4: Okay, so I would say that so, the role of a product manager is more strategic. Um, so, first of all, it's important to even know the difference between products and projects. So, product, um, a product doesn't necessarily have a completion date, um, its life cycle is continuous until probably when the company needs to kill the product. So, it, so products passes through different phases, right, from the ideation up to the um, growth stage, up to um, the stage where, yeah, from ideation to launch to growth and then that stage. So, the death is basically, okay, the company is no longer interested in having this product. And then for projects, there is always a start and end date. So, in terms of the roles, um, a product manager's role is more strategic. Uh, you're more like you know, the CEO for the product. You are that person, or you're that person that marries the different um, teams that would contribute to the success and launch of the product. Now, for a project manager, a product manager's role is more tactical. Um the major focus is executing, um, ensuring that the project is being built, um is being built according to the defined scope and according and ensuring that there is quality ensures some sort of quality management on the project and also ensuring, you know, they meet up with the timeline or the deadline for the project so you would typically see a project explaining like risk and issue management you know in resource scheduling um, you typically see a project manager doing things like you know work breakdown structure and all that but for product you are you are the mini CEO. You find yourself, you know, talking to users, right? Gathering requirements, identifying problems, you know, opportunities. You will find yourself prioritizing tasks for projects. The task has already been prioritized, probably by the client, and you are just executing. But you, as a, as a product manager, you are you are in charge of you know, of prioritizing okay which task goes into the backlog and which task moves from the backlog to the sprint so yeah i hope i answered the question well, no.
1: yes you definitely did you definitely did thank you so much for that response all right we already have requests coming in for people that want to join the space um And we would love to, so if you want, if you have any question that you want to, and if you have any kind as well that you want to add to the conversation, I would love to invite one or two. I can see a couple of requests now. So while we get people up here right now, quick one, our third speaker for today, Julian, um, if any product manager is in the house, you know how it is with building products. Uh, Julian is away on a work assignment, and something came urgently, and is not able to join the space right now. Um, what would happen is, if he's able to join us before the end of the space, he would gladly do that. But you know how fintech space works. Um, Julian is pretty open up right now, um, so I will be getting people of the space now. Once again, if you have not followed us on Twitter, please follow at Product Tuesdays. Um, okay, I'm trying to see the invites. Okay, if you would like to come up the space, can you just request again? What will bring? What will bring the people up the stage? I feel like there's um, one thing that I would love to piggyback with with um, Debbie is something you made a statement about your, I think, your cousin or your sister at the time when she said something about pay, they pay, right? Okay, I can see the request now. Uh, they pay the amount of money, right, at that time that reporters were being paid and I, I even consider it now. So would you say, in terms of motivation, for people who are getting into tech right now, and the core motivation right now is about I just want to end end money. What is your response to that?
4: Um, okay, um, good question. Um, so I think I'll, so I would say that delving into the product management space, um, looking to end more shouldn't be your main motive. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be your motive to be sincere. Yeah, I know that everybody. Let's like let's be real. We all want to be. We all want to be in a space that actually you know would end very well, given the state of the economy. But I would say that if that is your only motive, you would continually find yourself frustrated on the job and your frustration will most likely, um, it's most likely um, transcends to the product that you're working on because you would want to, it's once, what's the word now? You most likely struggle. I think like that's best what I can find now. You most likely struggle if you know looking to have you know, a better pay is your main motive. I'm not saying you shouldn't look for, or you should, you, you, like you shouldn't go with the mindset to end, but that cannot be your only drive. And that cannot even be your main drive because there's a whole lot of other challenges you will face on the job that if you don't love what you do, you most definitely be frustrated. You would frustrate yourself out of, the role, so I think it's important. So, so, like I mentioned earlier when I was speaking, um, it's important to find your why. Like, I have to find my why, and my why has kept me it is my all my why is what is keeping me to this very moment. So, yeah, find your why, and trying to end more shouldn't
1: be like your main motive, right? Uh, thanks, Deborah. Um, we, um um, a couple of people that have already joined now that would like to ask their questions. But before I allow Captain to ask his question or contribution on, on that two minutes, um, quickly, if you're listening to us, this is Product Tuesdays. Uh, product Tuesdays is a community of product professionals, right? And this cuts across product managers, um, designers, data analysts, data scientists, growth managers, product marketers, operational managers—the list is endless in terms of every single person that is involved in the product development lifecycle. So just click the link in the bio at Product Users to join the community, and then we take it from there. So Captain, over to you. What do you have for a question or a contribution?
5: I'm um, hi. hi everyone, good evening. Um, so, actually, I have a question, not a contribution, right? Um, so, as a level PM, or an aspiring PM, right, and um, you hear things like... Um, sorry, please, I, I, ran, I ran to the car. Let me just catch my breath. I won't, I won't mute back my... I will
1: turn my microphone back, please. Okay. All right, Captain, I would come back to you. Uh, we have Tracy also, um, who has come on the space... All right, over to you, Tracy.
6: Okay, good evening everyone. Good evening. My name is Tracy. Um I am a newbie. So, I just want to say thank you very much space for- was it has been just a short time I have listened, you know, I've tuned in, I've learned quite a lot, particularly from Debbie. Um, because in a way, um, I, I come also from the media, and, you know, and trying to transition to tech. And it has been, wow, let me just use that word. So my question would be to um, Debbie, please, um, how do you overcome um, imposter syndrome, you know. Um when you have learned learned and read and you continue reading and then probably you get into a particular space where you are meant to you know just do what you have learned and then you 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 don't know how to go ahead because you do, I don't feel coming myself now I don't feel like I know it enough. So I'm scared, like, do I know this enough? So how do you, or how can one overcome imposter
1: syndrome? Thank you. Okay, thanks Tracy. So I'll hand over to Debbie right now to just answer your question.
4: Okay, um, thanks Tracy for for that question, because that's one thing that I know that most PMs actually struggle with. Sometimes I do struggle with it. And when I find myself in that situation, I I ask so I ask or I talk to people, I talk to a friend. I just ask them, how do you think I'm doing as a product manager? Because sometimes the reason why we feel that way is because we don't feel like we're good enough. We don't feel like we're doing our best. And I think that's as a result of not tracking our growth. So see the way we track product growth. When you build a product, right? You have metrics that you use to track if your product is doing well or not. Now as product managers, um, how many of us track our growth as a product manager? Like most times we are always executing, we're always in the field. We are more concerned about the product than even ourselves. We are more concerned about how our product team is even doing, even more than ourselves, and we completely neglect. You no, know, we we completely forget to even look in what to even know how we're doing. So I'm talking from a place of experience because sometimes I feel that way, and some and when I feel that way, I pause. And I ask people, and and I ask people to just you know give me feedback on what they think about my product management um, journey or my product management expertise skills. And it's not just for validation sake. I need to know: okay, am I on the right track or not? Now. Also, I've tried as much as possible to try and track where I was to where I'm going, as where I was a few months ago, to where I am at the moment, and where I want to be. And this and tracking this helps me to understand that um, there is actually some sort of growth. I'm not just seeing it. But if it's visible and written on the paper, it's easy for me to actually say, oh, this is what, as in, uh, like I was this way or this were the skills I had a few months ago and I've been able to develop it to this particular stage. And it's also important to know that you know, nobody knows everything. You really do not know everything. Nobody. and th- And that's where collaboration actually comes in like it's important to understand that you as a product manager, you are not there to you're not the God of the product. You're not king, you're not almighty, right? So you are there to actually bring together masterminds. Um you're there to bring you as in your you, as in your you are there to bring together teams that are intelligent to help you build the product. So don't think that, okay, I must be the key decision you know, maker on this product, or I, I must be the one bringing all the ideas and all that. No one knows everything. So it's important to know that, you know, let's step back for a bit and allow your team sometimes to even lead. You know, by leading, allow them to, by leading, I mean, like, allowing them to also chip in and share their ideas and opinions regarding the product. So first thing first, it's important to have that person that you speak with when you feel that way. And secondly, track your growth. Um, understand that you don't know everything. And embrace collaboration. Yeah, so that's what I think.
1: Okay, Debbie. Thank you so much for that very on-point um, answer in terms of response. Um, at this point, before I bring in Captain, I'm not sure if Captain is ready yet. Quickly, don't forget to follow the conversation online on Twitter hashtag Product Tuesdays. Um, ask your questions using the hashtag comments, and whatever you're doing in terms of you love this space, you want to be part of the conversation. This, by the way, is a weekly event. It's going to be happening every Tuesday, 6pm. And we have another amazing topic for next week. But don't forget follow at Product Tuesdays to stay up to date with things. And also use the hashtag Product Tuesdays. Um, Quickly now, before Captain comes on, I would love to Check in at this time, and just quickly ask a question that I I wanted to ask Adiola before we went on to the um to the audience. Um, Adiola, one of the things that seems to be very consistent across board when you when you are handling um products is that you have cases where you would not meet the deadline, right? things and things you've set in motion and all of that. I know you've talked about how you have to communicate ahead of time and let people know and all of that. But internally now, that's about the stakeholders that are working with you. Talking about your development team right now, how do you do it? How do you track and ensure that even before the deadline is there, what are those things that you've seen and you've done that you've been able to mitigate against such happening for you and uh, productive work done?
3: Thanks, Um I think one of the reasons that we don't meet deadlines is because we don't simplify tasks easy enough. Sometimes we, we try to pack too many deliveries Goals within a sprint um, and then you have to account for some other things so things like and maybe a lot of times we don't think about this as important but it really is um, if there's a holiday and your developer is not around, it's going to affect your delivery if maybe one of the lead engineers the your team has a pregnant wife, um, and you know you're already seeing that there's some back and forth in there. It's most likely going to affect your time. Um, so it, it really works well. Understand what your deliverable is, how long it's going to take. Uh, for a typical sprint, what I try to do is I work with my engineer. Um, to look at the tasks that we want to assign, and then about it, like how simple is this going to be? If I feel like I don't have any technical knowledge about it, I ask, um, do you think that's something that is easy and can be broken down within this sprint and doable, or do you think we need to break it into two different parts and accomplish like part of it, which is really what agile framework means, right? Um, We're accomplishing little things, you know, one by one or step by step. Um, So are we able to accomplish this first part of it before we then move on to the second part and, you know, again, communicate to stakeholders that this is how we want to go about it. Sometimes when we put in way too much and then consider the team that we are actually working with, you know, Um, that it's sometimes difficult for us to do. Another thing that comes to mind is sometimes um, the developers want to work on the task with a new type of technology that they're not very used to. So maybe they've been writing Java, and to be able to accomplish this, they need to learn another language. You have to incorporate that time for learning the language into being able to accomplish that task. So if you put all of those things into perspective, it gives you a better understanding of how long in terms of a timeline um, you need to put in place before you then go about like communicating it. And then if you as the product manager, your engineering team feels like satisfied about this, then, um, and then, I guess sometimes we tend to leave out the QA team in the process as well, because they would all have their time in testing, that's the API endpoints, and then before they test like the UI, it's like a product that they do the same. They have to do two different tasks like that. And again, that takes a lot of time. So you have to account for all of those things to your development time. A good way to do this is probably having a conversation at Sprint retrospective. Um, so typically at sprint, you guys come together and then what do we do well? What didn't we do well? Um, how can we improve? And really take those improvements into your actual development activity. Cause if you don't, it will, you know, affect you
1: in the future. So yeah. Okay, thanks, Adiola, for that um, um, For one. Captain, are you ready now to ask a question? If you want to join the space and ask any question, please send in a request. Sorry about the... the um, we had an issue with accepting invites before. Um, so please send in a request now to speak if you have any questions. And big shout-out to Julian. Um, he's been able to put out the fire, uh, you know our product managers have to put out the fire and then and all of that. So he have been able to put out the fire at what he was working on and it's finally joined the space. Welcome Julian. Welcome Julian. Yeah, um, thanks so much. Thanks so much, Amado. Yeah. It's good to be here. Yeah. Up. So yeah, great. So Captain, over to you. Quickly ask you a question. Please make it as short as possible and straight to the point. Thank you.
5: You're okay. yeah, right. Thank you, Emmanuel. Um, okay, um, thank you for having me back. Real quick, yeah. So, as an aspiring PM, like, how do you learn that first um, job? I won't say job per se, but, like, internship because, like, a job, what you, what you want to be doing? But, like, how do you land that first internship? I know say a lot of things, like, like you have to like, build a portfolio and all of these things. But building a portfolio, I'd say, sorry, um, building a product, you know, what you've done. A lot of these things can take a little right. So how did you like land that first internship or like because most times when you check in for job um, opportunities for product managers, they're always looking for experience, how many years you've got and all of those things as well. So like what's the best approach to getting it done really? Really, thank you.
1: Okay. Um I'm going to throw this. I, I think Julian just joined. I don't know, if Julian, you want to take a stab at the question.
7: Uh, yes, yes, I think I can offer some insight. So um, most people I know who got into product management, they they pretty much transitioned from some other role they were doing in their company because product management is a lot of responsibility. Uh, most companies would rather hire someone who has a track record of delivering products and who basically can say they know what they are doing so I'm not sure I've really come across internship opportunities for product managers myself. What I do know is most people transition into the role from some other role. So if you're into UI, UX in your company, and uh, you think product management is something you would be interested in, well, you could start like building relationships with your product manager on the team, trying to get more insight into what's your team. You can learn from them, and eventually you could transition to that role if your company is open enough, and they see that you are someone who takes responsibility. I transitioned into product management from software development. I was a dev. uh, I was a dev for a couple of years, and as as my as I started to um, gain more responsibility within the team, at some point it just made sense for me to go into product management, and that's how I transition into the role. So um I don't know what well if you if you currently have any other experience in any other tech field or if you're pretty much just you new know, into all of this. But I know most people transition into product management from some kind of uh so from some other role. So it could be your UI you UX, you're a dev, or you are a you are in marketing or whatever it is you're doing, but you're somehow involved in the product process. Now, the thing is, you have to transition, once you start to show some kind of interest, or you start to take some, res- some more responsibility in the team, and people feel they can leave certain stuff to you to handle. And then after a while, you could just uh, throw it up to your company, and if they are open to it, they could give you a shot at it. I hope I answered your question. Um, okay, um, thanks, Julian.
5: Sorry, sorry. Yeah,
1: Captain. Go ahead.
5: Um, okay, so like I am not transitioning from any from any proper tech role, right? So I'm just like okay. Debbie, who is coming from immediate space. I do acting, voiceovers, and all of these things. So it's not like I have like, full on hands on um, tech oh, okay. savvy skills. Some sort okay. Of
7: Okay. So in that case, you, 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 if you could get some, someone you could you could study under, like someone, some experienced product manager to get someone who would work under them, and you just basically just mentor you while you're learning the ropes. But um, it's, yeah, I, I don't know if I've come across such opportunities, but you, you need to, if you can explore your network, like you know someone who be willing to do that for you, and you just learn basically, you learn while working under them, and over time you could start
1: to pick up for yourself. Okay, um, to add to what Julian just said, one of the reasons why um, the Product Tuesday's team, team is actually setting these kind of conversations up is because we want to try as much as possible to bridge that gap between established product, personal, product professionals now mm. and people who trying to get in this space. And so please, uh, Captain, don't forget to follow our Product Tuesdays. One of the things that I, I, I don't know if my co-host and if the Product Tuesdays team would like me to talk about this, but we we'll plan on having a fiscal event very soon where it's just a cock- cocktail event, where we're going to have people like Julian, people like Adiola. People, uh, people who are more established um, people in the product space not just PMs now but people who are other stakeholders within the product life cycle and we will be connecting them yeah, so stay what's, what's tuned Sorry, yeah, please, sure. where, where, Julian, where, is, go ahead,
7: please. Where, yeah, where where is this happening?
1: Is it in Lagos or should, should I? Should, Julian, do you want me to let the cat out of the bag right now? <laughs> so some some of us, us are not
7: me... in Lagos. some of us are not busy. Yeah, some of us are
1: not. Yeah, I totally I totally get that. I totally get All that. Right. Right. Don't let me let the cat out of the bag right, All right. because Sorry. because my, the productivity team would not forgive me if I do that right now. But definitely, guys, watch out. What the space actually? We're trying to do that for everybody, such that we're building the community across board. It's not going. To, it's not going to be location limited, actually. But to piggyback on some of the things Julian mentioned, mentorship is very key. I think one of the things that I've seen happen is being able to have that connection. I've had cases where I personally have reached out to people um, on LinkedIn. And just um, you know, basically, um, just try to connect with them, right? And I then do comments, though I'm, I'm going to be a burden and all of that. But one of the things I've also seen is being I've been part of communities that I think um, that was um, Adela when she mentioned that part, and and there's the impact communities have in terms of people who are trying to transition as well because then you can meet similar people who are what you're trying to do and then they can give one or two insights one of the things I also know is that being able to reach out to people without sounding like you know there's this thing about how you coin your messaging how you reach out to these people that you are trying to get to mentor you in one way or the other. It's very key that you find a way to coin the messaging and all of that, such that it's not a case of, oh, you should mentor me or something like that. But in a very respectful way, find a way to connect with those people. Well, hopefully in the coming weeks, by the time we're going to be announcing this the, uh, stuff, I don't know, Toby, should I should I go ahead and throw the card out of the bag? But I don't know. But <laughs> Captain, I hope you need to answer the question. No, should. <laughs> <laughs> okay captain i hope you've answered the question so uh, quickly, quickly, quickly quickly now i would just like to say one or two things about julian julian is like you said is an is a software engineer extraordinaire. like if you check one of the tweets that we've already pinned to this space julian wrote a piece of how um his journey has been working at team apt is a technical product manager at up right now. And we started out from a technical background in terms of being a software engineer and going through quality assurance and all of that. So you've seen it end to end. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, it's it's nice to have you finally after uh, putting out that fire. Thank you, sir. Thank you. So, uh, we have Buba also on the space. Buba, would you like to... Add, please, Buba, 60 seconds, because we want to add more people on the space to ask the questions. Go oh, ahead, uh, Buba. Hi, hi, guys. Can you hear me? Yes, we can.
2: Oh, yes. So, uh, you pretty much answered, like, most of my questions. But, um... uh, So, for... I think... Okay, so the question I want to ask here is, as we know certifications for... Project management is a PMP. So what do we have out there like for uh you know product, um, product management? Seeing that it's really difficult to uh, land internships in uh, you know, product management spaces.
1: Okay, okay. At this time I will just allow Adela to start on that question, right? Um Adela, do you want to, do you want to answer that?
3: Yeah, I don't mind. Um, hmm. I'm very... Uh, I'm not a huge support certifications, interestingly. Um, I'm not saying that you should get one, but I need you to really ask yourself, what is your motivation behind getting one? Um, I find that sometimes Nigerians just want to have certifications so that they can put it on their LinkedIn profile or like be able to talk about it. But sometimes, especially when you get to interview stages, most people don't care about the certifications. They care more about your experience. There, I mean, to answer your question, there is a, uh, a certification called AIPMM. It's a certified product manager um, certificate and I think that there there are like a few others that you can do online as well but this is the one that I know mostly about. but I'd advocate more for getting useful work experience um, and trying to learn stuff by yourself joining a lot of communities um, speak to you know product managers or product leaders right now uh, there are a few um, product companies, like Product Tuesdays is, is one. We also have Product Dive. We also have people in product. Um, the other two have Slack channels that you can actively join. And you don't even need to say anything in those places. Like you can just join and then you learn from people. Um, you can see uh, the Slack channels are populated with different kinds of people, people who are currently product managers or people who want to transition and they introduce themselves. Sometimes they have physical meetups just like product users is planning as well. But you can learn from, like they literally have conversations and ask questions that could help to develop your mindset. They send links, they send a lot of documents and files and things like that that are really helpful. So I'll advise that you could as well. Um, And if you really, really, really want to get a certificate, um, just make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons. (laughs) Uh, uh,
2: Yes, sorry, just one more thing, Emmanuel. Um, So seeing that, um, you know, there's quite a lot of, should I say, industries where you can become partners. Uh, like is there like a blueprint that you know everyone follows or regardless of whichever you know industry you're in or like i, I don't know how that works can you can you even elaborate on that
1: okay um i would allow adela to get a stab again and also i would love debbie to also answer once adela that please go ahead adela okay cool
3: um interestingly i want captain to elaborate on that a little bit you say blueprints, do you mean maybe like an X, Y, and Z of things that people should do to become a product manager? Uh,
2: yeah, exactly. So is there like what everyone follows or what everyone wants to be, regardless of whatever industry you're in, because, okay, we have finance, we have uh, other industries. Is it, can you guys hear me? Sorry, I got a call.
3: Yeah, it it broke in between, but you can continue
2: now. I Uh can hear you. Oh yeah, as I was saying, so is there like a a a way? Like, is it just the one way thing that everyone follows to uh, you know being a product manager? Or there's a different uh, things you have to know, since that you're going into this industry.
3: That's a good question. Um, I think that. There's no lineage to becoming a product manager. Um, I don't know if you did early enough, but you'd hear that my experience is very different from Deborah's and very different from Julian's. Um, but I think that there's one thing that product managers are trying to do, and that is the ability to build products that are solving customers' problems today. So. That's the common goal for all of us. How we get there is very different. Um, I think that you can transition from any role into um, a manager role. Um, I think that it has to do with a lot of learning and curiosity. A good product manager is one that asks a lot of questions and is um, motivated ensure that the problem that a customer has is solved and there are many different things that we do as product managers but there's a lot of learning a lot a lot of learning i think it's like endless learning really because even as a product manager now there are things that i'm still trying to figure out and trying to learn Learning is like an endless curve um but i don't is a set blueprint in the sense but yeah they there of resources that you can get into. Product School is a really useful one that um, Deborah mentioned earlier. They have lots of articles, lots of courses like Udemy and Coursera and all of that. And even the communities that I spoke about earlier, They are there are active courses that you can actually take to learn what it means to be a product manager. Uh, again, I think that experience is really useful. So if you have um, somebody that you can learn with, that would be great as well. Um, but I'm, I'm very happy to hear Deborah and Julian,
2: let's uh, see. Before the speak, uh, this is still like, uh, ir- is it is irrespective of, you know, products now, we have digital products and uh, physical products, right? So is it that people who are going into, you know, project manager for digital products, is it like a different thing to learn? And also people who are doing product management for, uh, you know, physical
1: products, is that like a different thing to learn as well? Yeah. So actually before, um, to answer that part, um, I okay, would we'll have to bring Julian back on. Julian has a mix of both in, in terms of, uh, in, in that sense as well. But i allow Debbie to also answer that while I try to bring Julian back on. Um,
4: okay. Um, so I would say that I think the learning curve for both might be different, although I'm, I don't um, I, I don't have the experience, you know, on both sides. But on top of my head, I, I, I think the learning curve might be different because um the way you build digital products would most likely be different from the way you build um hardware products but like Adela said there is the fundamentals which which you would actually need either um when you're building digital products or hardware products and the fundamental there is that the customer is at the core of it all so That's non-negotiable. At the end of the day, you want to build products, solve real users problem. So your customer, it would always be at the center of it all. And even while you are, and even while you're functioning on both sides, assuming you are trying to build digital products and Android products, there are still core skills that are non-negotiable. Core soft skills like, your communication skills, your stakeholder management, um, your people management, your negotiation skills, and all. Like those soft skills might be the same across board, but the technical skills might be different. That's what I think. But at the end of the day, the core of it is that you're trying to put the user is at the center of it, or you're building products to solve real users' problems. So, yeah, the soft skills might be the same, which can be used on both, you know, sides, but the technical skills most likely differ.
1: Okay, thanks, um, Quickly, um, because the space was meant to be over three minutes ago, I just got notified by my team at Product Tuesday, my, uh, my colleagues there saying... We are extending beyond the time frame. Uh, so I'll just indulge everyone to give us because we had a bit of technical difficulties starting this space um, earlier. Just give us a 10 minutes to 15 minutes max to wrap up. Um, I would love Julian to also answer this question, but before Julian would go, um, would come on and answer the same question about the differentiation. I should mention that um, for when you Building products, right? Like Adela and Debbie already mentioned, there are some underlying principles that are same across the board, right? And some of these things are things that you will learn um, while trying to um, build, right? In terms of what, trying to, when, when you join communities or when you actually go through programs, product programs, uh, product-related programs. It doesn't necessarily have to be just for product managers. When you go to programs that are geared toward business development and um, company development and then product development, along the line, you get to learn a lot about some of these key concepts. But when it comes to product management for hardware-related product versus having to talk about digital products and all of that, or software-related products, a lot has to come to play. And some of these things, like we've all said on this space, is that the principles are the same to a large extent. The foundational principles are the same, but there are some ex- extra stuff that are beyond what. So I've also told, I remember telling someone one time that there's a cross There's a crossing between project management and product management, but it doesn't mean project management is the same as product management, right? And that's the same in this case. A lot of the principles that you would apply as a product manager would also have to play in this space. So quickly, Julian, do you want to just quickly answer Bubba's question about this?
7: Yes, please. I'm so sorry you will indulge me. I think at the time the question was asked, I was having network issues, so I didn't quite get it. Uh, Could you ask
1: it again? Okay. Hello. Yeah. So, um, Uber is asking, is trying to understand. You know, we deal a lot all about digital products and then we see a lot of PMs having to do with digital products. But when we look Mm -hmm. at products in terms of building product for other related conversations, right, mm-hmm. right, it's still you're still gonna manage that product development lifecycle, right? Yeah. But yes. how, like, in that sense, what are the underlying principles? What are those things that are? If I get you right now, Buba, correct me. What are those things that are consistent? Are those are there principles that have to play and are they the same across board?
7: Oh uh, yeah, you're, you're very correct. You're very correct. Okay, so, so uh, generally speaking, I mean, there's uh, there's the hard skills, there's the soft skills which, we both, which we've mentioned and uh, the hard skills relate to the more technical side of things. Um, whether it's a software product or a hardware product, um, it pays you well as a product manager. If you have a good understanding of what exactly is going on on the very technical side, you may not be need deep into it. You may not be very deep into what's going on, but you should have an understanding of it. So, I mean, so as a product manager, it's you should always be ready to learn from those you're working from. And in some cases, they may know more about it than you. So, you ask questions, you learn, and while you learn, you grow your idea about what exactly is happening. And it allows you to better connect with the work that is ongoing. Now, besides the technical side, there is also the other side that has to do with uh, managing the team, managing the execution, uh, managing the uh, the sprint cycles, um, breaking down the task items into the uh, the different subtasks, and making sure that you can arrange them, and sprint and execute, and basically drive the team. Then, managing the stakeholders—all these comes into play. Now, I believe that regardless of the kind of product you're building, uh, like my other speakers have said, many of these things will, will basically be applied. Now, the only thing that will differ will be um, what's the, the actual technical work that is ongoing. Now, you may or may not understand it, or but it helps to understand. I think it's important to understand it. So even if you don't understand it at the beginning of the product, your job before you start the execution process is to make sure you gain as much understanding as possible, and you are able to um, you are able to connect with what exactly is going on with the engineers and what they are doing, so you can relate with them on the level and uh, have a clearer picture of of what is going on. Uh, I think that's that's my answer to the question. I don't know if I if uh, I can shed more light.
1: I think that's it. Okay. Um, I think, Buba I think we've done justice to your question, right? Yeah. I just want to confirm. Oh uh, Yes,
2: you have. Uh, that's pretty much <laughs> okay for me for now. Okay. Thank you very
1: much. Yeah. Thank you very much, Buba. Um, Also, those who want to ask questions, right, click me. We're short of time right now. Um, We would love this conversation to continue, right? So hashtag Product Tuesdays on Twitter. Uh, After now, you can tag uh, tag at Product Tuesdays, and we would, if you don't, like you could tag at Product Tuesdays, and we'll redirect to any of our speakers or any other product leader that we know that could help in terms of answering any of those questions, We will do that after now. So quickly, I just want each and every speaker to, in just two minutes, to talk, to just share. Not necessarily share, but tell us one thing for anybody listening on the space, that is an aspiring product manager that is trying to get into this space and all of that. Just in two minutes. Share something to them and tell them what you feel should be very key. So I'll start with we'll Google afterwards.
7: Um, okay, uh, off my head, I know that uh, to be a good product manager, you first have to, you need a certain amount of humility to know that uh, you're not perfect as an individual. So you must be willing to learn from those around you. Now, if you're someone who is just getting into the space, you also need to have that mentality, that humility, to be able to approach people and seek help, ask questions when you don't know. And it also pays if you if you can get some kind of mentorship. Um, mentorship is key so you you are, can avoid a lot of from rookie mistakes and you have someone who can basically guide you. Um I think that's
1: what I have off my head, and if anything else comes up, me, then i share it for me first, bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yes. you, so for everyone on the space, if you check the tweets that are up there within the space, um, there's a tweet by Julian where he shared an extensive article that I feel every aspiring PM. I read it, and once I read that article, I was like, wow, I need to share this. So, please, go read that article. He got, yeah, has a couple of insightful things about his journey as a product manager. As well, um, there, there's a tweet from Adiola, a thread actually from Adiola, that touches a couple of things, right? Um, it goes on to talk about um, a beginner's guide to product pilots, then also goes ahead to talk about product roadmaps and how important they are and all of that. So please, um, after this space, please do well uh, to go read those pieces. Um, so Adiola, please go ahead, in two minutes, what do you want to tell an aspiring PM out there?
3: Um, One, be resilient, uh, because a lot of hard things will come up and you have to be very tough and you have to go through that. Sometimes the engineer's code do not work. Sometimes QB, on many tasks and they can't jump on yours. Sometimes the designer is feeling really inspired (laughs) Um, and they always say that we're the CEO of the product so most people are going to come back to you so you have to up. a lot who are going to ask you questions be um, willing to explain be as granular as possible stay curious Um, don't stop asking questions there's so many things to learn um don't ever feel like anything is a stupid question because well technically don't believe in stupid questions just ask anyone. Anyway. Um, and i think the last thing will probably be embrace corrections like if um someone has said to you um that you should have had something in a better way listen to them and again take the feedback constructive feedback really well. So yeah, those things. Thank
1: you, Adiola, that 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 I'm also taking notes. <laughs> because like we said on this space, as a product manager, you keep learning, you keep learning, you have to have an open mind and keep learning. Um, Deborah, over to you. In two minutes, what do you want to tell that aspiring PM?
4: Okay, so my three cents to aspiring PM should be to keep an open mind and be ready to learn and unlearn as you progress in your product management journey. So don't be afraid to ask questions necessary. Um Also, appreciate small wins. It's easy to burn out, you know, when you don't give yourself a pat on the back sometimes. You forget that you're really doing well, and then you just like you just forget you're doing well and then you're actually born out in the process. So it's so please try as much as possible to sometimes, you know, give yourself a pat on the back. And this would mean that you have to track progress at all times. So the way you track product progress, um, your product progress, try as much as possible to also track your product management progress as well. Then I think my last would be to practice open communication. And if possible, over-communicate. I learned this in, in the hard way, but I'm happy I did learn. So it's important that you, you like always communicate, and if possible, just keep communicating and over-communicating. You can never over-communicate, trust me. And this is very, very important for stakeholder management. So those will be my three cents. And see you at the top.
1: Thank you. Thank you, David. Like, like you basically touched on something that is very important. Even when the team isn't patting you on the back, pat yourself on the back, those small wins are very key because the, the, there will be days where you'll be crying in your closet and you will feel like the entire world is about to crumble uh, as a PM and all of that. Uh, to find each of our speakers on Twitter, we have um, you can find um, Julian at Duru the Guru. Yeah, it's the Guru himself uh, on Twitter. You can find at Debbie Ogana on Twitter as well, and you can find at Adeola Adeyemi underscore also on Twitter. Um, also follow at Product Tuesdays um, to get updates on our upcoming events and everything about the product community. So we're not just about product managers, we're about the entire product life cycle. So for, if you're listening and you just joined, please follow our Product Tuesdays, right? And get that conversation going so after this space i know there are a couple of people we could not bring on the space because of time and we promised we will just extend 15 minutes so we are up we just have two more minutes left so please and please use the hashtag product tuesdays to ask any question that you have after now um also i should six points that my co-host toby thank you so much uh thank you so much the data got himself Um, The team at Product Tuesdays, thank you for organizing the space. Thank you for making me your moderator for today. Um, Just so I should say this, I am Ogunshola. I lead products at Old School Africa. So if you're looking to get into tech right now as a product manager, as a software developer, right now you want to gain that tech skill. I want to join also a community of people that are learning together. Right. Please go to at Alt School Africa, A L T School Africa, at Alt School Africa on Twitter, and you could visit the website www.altschoolafrica.com, and you could follow that um, the links that are there for any of the tracks you want to learn. So thank you, everyone. Once again, don't forget. Please follow at Product Tuesdays to follow up with the conversation after now. Thank you, Julian. Thank you, Adiola. Thank you, Deborah, for joining the space today. It's been an insightful one. It's been an insightful one. So till next Tuesday, we'll be discussing another interesting topic. For product managers, you know this, stay hungry. And please remember to follow at Product Tuesdays. Bye for now, guys.
0: Thanks, guys. If you are involved in a product development lifecycle, Product Tuesdays is the right community for you. Join professionals such as product managers, product designers, data analysts, software developers, group managers, product marketers, and others that are involved in the product development process. Follow us on our social media pages at Product Tuesdays and click the link in the bio to learn more.